Hey, Architectural Digest. This is Michael Imperioli. And I am Michael Imperioli. And I'm Michael Imperioli. And welcome to my home. So uh, this is my foyer entryway, if you're not as fancy. Um, We thought it important right off the bat to kind of establish an ambiance in the house. As you can see, you know, everything here is, is, you know, over hundreds of years old. You can see have a lot of Renaissance art and stuff all over here. It's actually uh, this piece here right at the front is one of my favorites. Um, This is a statue of an ancient fertility goddess. This dates back to 4000 BC, actually. Yeah, it's wild. This is uh, Soska, who was a Hittite fertility goddess. You know, I was inspired to to get this uh, by... It's crazy, actually. I was at... um, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve in uh, 2014. And, uh, you know, that was when this kind of revolution with women's bodies was taking place. And, uh, you know, where the kind of, you know, um, I don't know how to say it. I, I met with Megan Trainer, and she had this great new song about, you know, women, you know, being bigger than other women. And, you know, how they were still, you know, sexually primed and intriguing women. And, uh, you know, I talked with her a little bit. It was actually, you know, right when midnight was ticking down and we actually missed, you know, the midnight of the talk as we were talking. But, uh, you know, I told her she inspired me to get this, you know, this big, you know, fertility goddess statue because, you know, the original depictions of fertile women were like, you know, you know, not fat, not big, but yeah, more uh, accommodating to, you know, body shapes and sizes and whatnot. And, you know, she's these huge, not to be graphic, you know, I might've been in my younger days, but uh, big breasts and butt. And, you know, we kind of forget that in our modern society that bigger women were more important back then. So, uh, you know, it meant they were healthy, um, you know, so that's why I have that. If you want to look over here, this is actually something I'm really proud of. I had get uh, custom made. Um, this book here is Wikipedia. It's a pretty long book. Um, you know, I had to get it custom made, leather brown uh, bound. This is actually the uh, May 4th, 2011 version of Wikipedia. You know, I'm really proud of that. If you go back and actually look, uh, there's an entry in here on page 4,000 or something for... Uh, you know, Blazing Saddles, uh, you know, it actually has a credit for me in it. Uh, that was a little edit I made. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of that. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next room. All right. So what we have here is the living room. And uh, this is just kind of a nice space, you know, to entertain friends or visitors. And um, my wife, she likes to have a specific feel and... Uh, you come over here, this couch actually uh, belonged to Frank Sinatra. And, you know, you could just imagine him enjoying a drink and a cigarette and, uh, and charming some beautiful woman. And this stain right here in the corner, you know, we haven't had that removed because apparently it was made by Jimmy Stewart, uh, the, the actor. And uh, I always loved him, you know, growing up as a kid. And uh, I don't know what caused the stain, but, you know, I guess that's part of the mystery and you can smell the time on the couch. You know, I just love it. All right. If you'll follow me into the next room here, this is my art room. I like to look at classic art in here. I like to play on my computer in here. 
Uh, I always tell my wife, Victoria, it's kind of like living inside of the Mona Lisa. And Mona Lisa is my friend and we get to hang out and we get to talk about Dante's Infernal all day and how like the devil's in it and stuff. Um, You'll notice that nothing in here is newer than 1950. This is classic art. Nothing modern to see here. Got a couple paintings of Laurel and Hardy side by side. These portraits, Greco-Roman busts of the Three Stooges, Bugs Bunny. Uh, over here, this right here is a Michelangelo. <laughs> well, who's Michelangelo? Well, Michelangelo di Lodovico Buonaro Simoni, born March 6, 1475, died 18th February 1564, known as Michelangelo, was an Italian sculptor, painter, architect, and poet of the High Renaissance, basically. If you didn't know that, that's who did this one. Over here, you know, you'll look, uh, this, this big painting, it's covering up all my bookshelves of all my books I don't read because it's that important. This is a really big print of Starry Night, twice as big as the original. Eat your heart out, Da Vinci, or, or whatever, whoever made this one. This one right here, this is The Last Supper. It's one of the most famous paintings of all times. This is another original. Basically, it's got this Italian guy in it who's having fun with all his friends at dinner. You look over here, statue of Cleopatra's favorite cat. Right next to this, is an Epson EcoTank Pro for business. Really nice printer. I use it for printing off cool and rare pictures of classic Greek and Roman guys like Sisyphus, Marcus Aurelius, guys like that, Plato. I got a number of rare Plato pics. You know, if you just Google image search rare Platos, you can find them. Usually from some old GeoCities and stuff. You know, people don't appreciate this stuff nowadays, but, but like back then, 90s, you could find a lot of rare Play-Dohs, rare SSJ3 Gokus. It was a different time. You know, I just want to uh, take you over here um, to my other printer. Um, I'm actually, uh, you know, this is actually, you know, it was really high quality when I got it. I was really excited about it. But uh, this is the model Brother HL L2370DW compact monochrome laser printer. And that's with a uh, wireless and Ethernet and duplex printing. Um, only about 159 bucks, nothing really to brag about, but, uh, you know, I'm having problems with the drivers, you know, so it isn't really working. Um, I'm loaded up on ink, so it's mostly the drivers I'm having problems with. Uh, I guess I need to have somebody come out because, you know, I haven't been really able to print out my scripts, you know. This one is more of my script printer, and um, I don't like to read scripts off a of screen, and I just don't like how they feel when they come off the other one. So I've kind of been, you know, turning down rolls left and right, you know. You know, I pay for the service that uh, delivers the toner right to my door. You know, they'll send a guy every month, but uh, he says he can't help me with the uh, tech stuff. That's what he said. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I just keep expecting to wake up one day and it'll all be, you know sort of sorted out um let's go over here for a second um i want to show you my garage um before we kind of get into my pride and joy here um this is a 12 by 12 painting here that's kind of the centerpiece of the garage um it's a painting of the forbidden fruit in the garden of eden um i just thought this was insanely dope it was made you know, by this blind um, Italian painter, Shuzinski, and he had, uh, you know, 
you know, red wine teeth is, you know, his cause of death is what they said, but he was, you know, a little understood guy. But to me, the, you know, the forbidden fruit is kind of this Alfa Romeo here. Um, is 1965 Alfa Romeo, Julieta SS. Um, you know, after the Sopranos finished up, you know, my kids were at college. I had a lot more time in the summer. Uh, I took a road trip. It was actually kind of wild. It was the first one in my life. Uh, I drove all the way from New York City to the Louvre, uh, in France. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I tell people that and they look at me like I'm a little crazy. I can see you looking at me like that now. But, uh, yeah, I drove to the Pacific Northwest. I went up through Canada into Alaska. Um, it was the winter, you know, so the Bering Strait froze over. I was actually able to drive right into Russia, you know. Drove right through that with surprisingly few problems into Belarus, Poland. And uh, eventually I made it to the Louvre in France and... uh you know, the people at the Louvre, uh, they were actually awesome. Um, they took out the Mona Lisa. They took some pictures with my car in it. Um, they put the Mona Lisa in the driver's seat to snap a few pics. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really special. Uh, really was. All right. If you want to come over here, uh, we have some shelves where we keep some of this and, uh, you know, my wife, Victoria, she really likes stuff and, uh, you know, gold stuff, fancy stuff, old stuff. So she puts all this stuff in here and I just really find it peaceful the way she kind of, you know, sets it up and sort of just makes us home while being a bit, you know, more of a classical look. And uh, right here is uh, one of my favorite records, Mozart. Um, he just had this ability to make such rich music. You know, I can't get enough of it. And um, over here, right here on the shelf, this is actually this bust. I mean, it's actually a literal bust. This is uh, Monica Bellucci's breasts. And uh, this was given to me by Vern Troyer when we were in uh, <laughs> Ho Chi Minh City on a retreat. And, uh, you know, it means a lot to me. He had this custom made, too, so... I think that's pretty special. <laughs> Next to this, we had this little one right here. It's a kind of strange looking. But I really like it. This is a statue of Dagoth Ur. You know, it's actually an antique. And, uh, you know, Victoria picked this up in Prague for me for uh, uh, Christmas one year. And, um, you know, it really, it really makes you think about, like, where people have uh, been and the things that they create. You know, I just, I really dig it. This is the Gomu Gomu no Mi. Luffy ate it famously, but here it is in statue form. You know, my wife, Victoria, interior designer, set designer, really talented. She's actually working on the Netflix adaptation of One Piece right now. And she's doing amazing things out there. Everyone should check that out. Um, this one right here, this is an original painting as well. The Birth of Venus. What can I say about this one? You know, they say that women come from Venus, you know, like... Like, this chick gave birth to every woman ever. Like, if your wife is telling you, like, she's calling from the hospital and she's saying, good news, it's a girl, she's probably lying to you unless Venus was there at the hospital to make the drop-off, right? This right here, painting of the Ninja Turtles by Donatello. This right here, painting of the Ninja Turtles by Da Vinci. Over here, we got a rare Da Vinci this one's featuring Van Gogh and Michelangelo. 
It was like one of those posse cuts where a bunch of rappers do the same track together. They all just took their paintbrushes and painted at the same time. Looks like shit, and you can't tell what's going on, but it's very classy. At the bottom, they signed it, and they wrote a message. Even though he wasn't born yet, it says, Picasso, eat your heart out. Speaking of eating hearts out, here's the original Saturn devouring his son by Goya, that guy that made all those beans. You know, when little Vadim, my son Vadim, when he was growing up, I would be like, you better do your homework or I'm going to kill you and eat you like the guy in that painting. And like, luckily, one of his friends at school, his dad actually did it. His dad actually like ate his son. So little Vadim, that threat always worked really good on him. Um, behind all these paintings, obviously, you can see there's walls and walls of books that are hard to access, but pull a couple of these off the shelf here. This is a novel by Sandler, one of my favorite filmmakers. Right here, uh, 100 Years of Solitude, Garcia Marquez, classic magic realism. Here's the sequel, 101 Years of Solitude, not quite as good, but underrated. Uh, another another favorite book of mine here, 1,000 Funny Jokes, and the follow-up, which is actually better than the original, surprisingly, 1,001 Funny Jokes. And, uh, you know, over here, here's the classic comedy and drama mass from the olden days. One means funny, one means sad. I believe it was Homer who invented the funny one, and Odysseus, then he made the sad one. This here, oh, this means a lot to me personally. This, this is one that really is about my life, it impacted my life meaningfully. This is a childhood lemonade stand that belonged to the late, great James Gandolfini. He gave it to me when we rapped Sopranos, and he was like, you know, this was so meaningful to him because it taught him what to do when life gives you lemons. And I just never forgot that. Then uh, one more in this room here. This is a yin-yang. You know, like the yin and the yang. They're like black and white, you know, like ebony and ivory. And we actually had Paul McCartney on set when we rapped Goodfellas. Paul McCartney came out, had a few drinks, played us a little solo piano set. And he did the most touching, amazing rendition of ebony and ivory I've ever heard in my entire life. Would have maybe made more sense if he had a black guy there with him to do it, but I was truly, truly moved by that. I'm going to redirect you guys a little bit over here. I want to take you to this room. This is where I keep all my white pants uh, just for, you know, nice summery kind of breeze here. Uh, squeezing by here, everybody. This is my bodyguard, Hoss. Hoss is well, uh, you know, he's a big dude. What are you, Hoss? Seven foot? Eight foot? You can't be eight. Can't be eight. That'd be crazy. Seven foot? Hoss, are you seven feet? He's seven feet. Sorry for that, guys. Hoss is shy. Sorry, Hoss. Let me just kind of move on back here. You can see that even though I kind of have my white pants here on display and I have this kind of central coat hanger that, uh, you know, I got like six, seven, eight pairs here ready to go. I'm still kind of... You know, it's not the right time of year. I actually haven't been in this room since, uh, I wish my wife was here, August, July, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I need to get in here more, but, uh, you know, we cook a lot of stews, a lot of soups in the wintertime and, uh, you know, can kind of be a problem if you're wearing white pants. So I'll just leave it here probably till, uh, spring, but, uh, I got some other stuff in here. Uh, this one, these, uh, cufflinks here. These are actually a, a gift from my daughter, Mona Lisa. Um, 
she's away right now at Vassar College. Uh, she's studying contraptions. Uh, I'm sorry. It's uh, she's majoring in contraptions. Uh, you know, she was you know when she was a kid, she was always a little more interested in like gadgets and mechanisms and apparatuses. Is it apparatuses? Apparatus I? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'll leave that up to Bill Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> but uh, right now, Mona Lisa's got her heart set on contraptions. Um, so I'm really you know, interested in seeing how her life unfolds and, you know, what she does with that. Um, but these are real James Bond cufflinks. And uh, there's a thing they do, if you're willing to bear with me for a second, if I can make them work here. Uh, they, it's always a little embarrassing <laughs> because you have to hit this little button in the right way. And, oh, there it goes. See it? Uh, anybody get hit? Shoots out a little dart. I'm hoping nobody on the promo code got hit. Uh, if you got hit in the ankle, you know, don't worry about it. But uh, it's in the neck or something, you might be a little out cold. Uh, I was trying to show... Um, this is another <laughs> embarrassing thing, actually. I wore them to the Vanity Fair party uh, a couple years ago. I think in... God, it must have been 09 now. And... Uh, you know, I was fiddling with them, and they went off, and it uh, hit Andy Dick, and uh, yeah, it got Andy Dick right in the neck, and you know, he hit the floor. Um, it was some beneficial ricochet that made no one notice that uh, you know I was the culprit. So uh, you know, Andy, you know, if you're watching, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I guess. Um, and these here are interesting as well. Uh, another gift from one of my children. Um, these are from my son, Somalier. Um, so this is the first line he did um, for his Tartan print pants company. Um, for people who don't know, Tartan is the same material they use in a lot of kilts and Scottish stuff. Uh, these are heavy patterned wool pants. Um, I think they're Scottish, so I'm not really sure you know, what he got into these for, but... Uh, you know, you can't really control what your kids grow interests in. You know, when my kids were small, I tried to educate my kids on stuff that I liked, you know, marble busts of fictional women. You know, I exposed them to Baroque paintings at a very young age, two, three. But, you know, sometimes your kids go a different way than you went, and that's fine. Um, so I don't wear these, but uh, they are great visually. They're a little scratchy, but maybe I'll just put these down and we can get out of here. Now this, this is pretty special to me. I had this framed uh, about a decade ago when I came across it. You know, I had to have it. And uh, these were actually worn and owned by Charlemagne, um, who I'm related to, by the way. Um and uh, these are the very first ever jeans. He wore the very first pair of jeans in history. And uh, this, these were in a museum, but I, I, I kind of like to think of our home here as a, uh, our own little private museum. And now you get to visit and see it too. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, right here, this, this large stone, this diamond actually was given to me by Lupin the Third for my thirty eighth birthday. <laughs> And uh, he stole it himself. You know, it's one of a kind. And um, he said he wanted me to have it. You know, he's a big fan of The Sopranos. Um, he had visited set a few times. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it. it's really, really cool. I think it's really cool. Um, 
here's some pictures of people. I don't really know who they are, but I, I love the black and white, you know. Um, uh, over here, we got the fireplace. You know, it's perfect for keeping warm from the New York cold. I don't think we've ever used it. Um, but over here, this is, uh, oh, this is special. This is a glass plate. And uh, you can see it has Leonardo da Vinci on it. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of him. Um, just a real talented guy, real smart. And this is Italian too. This is Italian, actually, real Italian plate. Uh, this oh, well, this is this is something that people always got to ask me about in this jar right here. This is a homunculus, and uh, this was uh, found in the library of uh, Christopher Hitchens, and uh, apparently it's Slovenian. I saw this at the estate auction. I had to have it, you know. Interesting guy. You know, walk into this room, probably not clear what the theme of this room is right away. You're looking around like, what is this room for? But if you look at over in the corner, these tiny, maybe three foot tall, gold-plated Japanese folding doors. We fold these doors over. Boom, there's the TV. I like to keep the TV obscured behind a screen because, you know, even though I made my money from being on it, I think it kind of sucks. It's like the only modern thing in the house, right? But I got to admit, I got a little soft spot for TV. You know, I was into Sopranos, but I think American Dad is a way better show. Much funnier. Uh, and actually, a lot of people don't know this, but Family Guy, big influence on the Sopranos. Edie Falco went to Vassar College with Lois Griffin. They bonded over being Italian. A lot of people don't realize Griffin's an Italian last name. Shortened from Griffino when they came over. You know, on the set of Sopranos, the producers, they'd always be watching Family Guy. It was really like what inspired the show, to be honest, in the first place. A lot of people don't know that, but Tony Soprano was just Italian Peter Griffin. I know I'm saying Peter Griffin's already Italian, but you know what I mean. Like, he was like really Italian. And Meadow was Meg. Like, you get the idea. But if you pay attention in season two, you'll notice James Gandolfini, he delivers every single line like Peter Griffin. Like, it's subtle, but it's there. Like, he was that kind of actor where he didn't draw your attention to it, but it was there, you know? I mean, even, even on the set of The Goodfellas, we were watching Family Guy all the time. Like that episode when little Bart Griffin chopped the head off of Jebediah Springfield Griffin, that inspired us to put violence in the movie. And don't get me started on Homer Griffin. His voracious appetite, well, that inspired us to get catering on the set every day. Like, no shit, man. But uh, yeah, we can move on to the next room here. This is actually me and Victoria's sunroom. And across the way, across the hall there, you can see the moon room. Victoria likes to keep things yellow here in the sunroom. We got bananas painted by Da Vinci in a bowl. Da Vinci liked to just do that thing where he would put different fruits in bowls, you know, like it was a good warm-up exercise for him. Um, we got moon-colored things over in the moon room. Like, I don't know, grapes maybe? You know, kind of like a, a picture of a bowl of grapes by Picasso or whatever. And over here, we got one of some guy on a chase lounge eating some grapes. We move in here. Actually, this is a whole wing of the house right here. This wing was converted from an old rainforest cafe. And you can see this statue right here of the Italian dictator Mussolini right next to this majestic cheetah, which is all original with the property, actually. This cheetah's been here from day one. Got a velociraptor over here, also original. A lot of people tell me Rainforest Cafe didn't have dinosaurs in it, but, well, this one did. 
All right, I actually want to take you guys to the side over here real quick to show you a room I'm really proud of. This one actually, uh, you know, became a sort of source of, you know, contention uh, amongst me and my wife. Uh, you know, she didn't think it was necessary at all. I thought it would be the centerpiece of the house said, uh, you know, we, we went on and compromised, you know, in our own way. Uh, so this is the lobby, you know, our house is decorated in a lot of ways. It used to be a hotel and in a lot of ways it still has a lot of the direction, uh, the decoration that, you know, hotels have, you know, we have white roses. I mean, I mean, dozens of white roses in every single room. Um, so I thought it would be beautiful to have a hotel lobby within our apartment. Um, you know, we you'll notice here it has a concierge table. And, um, you know, I fought for the concierge, but, uh, you know, the married men <laughs> listening might uh, be able to understand that I'd rather be happy uh, than correct. So, uh no concierge. Um, love you, though. And you can kind of see some uh, uh, stuff on display here. Um, this is actually behind the, the hotel lobby here is, uh, you know, uh, my gigantic uh, painting of Shakespeare. Um, and when it comes to Shakespeare, for me, I am a writer, uh, you know, so I feel like the writers out there already know what I'm going to say about, you know, William Shakespeare. Wow. Just wow. You know, say what you want about the guy, but he could write. You know, to be honest, when it comes to me, you know, I can't get enough of the guy, actually. Old Billy Shakespeare, you know. As some of my Hollywood friends will be, you know, you want to go to the, you know, the Avengers premiere or the, uh, you know, do you want to come see Minions again? And, you know, sometimes I'm just so sucked up in old Billy Shakespeare that, you know, I just hang up the phone. I don't even respond to them. I just hang up the phone. Um, but you can kind of see here that this opens up into um, my topiary garden. And you have great views of the city. I mean, just standing here on this you know, balcony with the topiary garden here, I can see four, easily four different five guys. Um, I can see a couple Starbucks. Um, I'm in walking distance of two Chipotles. Um, you can kind of see a scope of the neighborhood from out here a little bit. Um, been really hoping for, you know, like a like a salad company or something a little lighter to come in the neighborhood, but haven't really seen it yet. But uh, if you take a look at these topiaries, you'll see some uh, uh, familiar faces. Of course, I got my my Shakespeare topiary here. You can see him holding his famous pen. Um, this one here is uh, actually a person that I have a lot of respect for. This is my Bart Simpson topiary. Um, you know, I just kind of totally respect his devil may cry attitude. Um, you know, having him here, um, you know, I, I have this one is cut into what I imagine Bacchus looking like. Um, I don't know if people are familiar with the Greek gods, but uh, Bacchus was a man that appeared to only drink wine and everyone loved him for it. And I thought that was always really inspiring. Um, you know, my doctor, Dr. Cardamom, 
funny story. I actually thought it was Cardamon when I first signed up for him, and I was very surprised to figure out he wasn't Jamaican. But uh, you know, he told me to come out here in this topiary garden and just just meditate. You know, because I think sometimes you know, people look at me and they think I'm this celebrity or even I get wrapped up in my own head and I think that I'm this celebrity and, you know, I'm just a normal guy and I can kind of come out here and be surrounded by nature in the shape of, you know, Bacchus and Shakespeare and Bart Simpson and I can kind of just be myself again, you know. Um, I think that's really important and really special. And uh, why don't we get out of this way? Let's go to a different room. All right, as you can see, we have just some more pictures and frames over shelves just all over the place, covering stuff up, just pictures everywhere. And uh, this one right here is really special to me. This is uh, Albert Einstein. He was a famous scientist. And uh, I love this this picture of him because, you know, he was he was a genius. and uh, But he's sticking out his tongue. So, you, you know, he can also, you can tell he's also can be silly and uh i think it's really special <clears throat> this one is really really kind of interesting to me you know i like music a lot i make music i i, I play music in my band and uh this photo is kind of interesting you know you can see the women on their bodies each of them have a painting of a pink floyd album painted on their bodies and <laughs> uh i think that's really really cool that's the kind of thing that they might put on their own albums you know be a little bit sort of meta so i thought that'd be kind of cool to think about um this painting here this is uh benjamin franklin you know great founding father invented electricity uh great president um and over here this one is uh this one is i like this one has a warmth to it this is one of my favorites this is a thomas kincaid original and uh he just really had a way to make you like the painting um and, uh, let's move on here. Uh, this, okay, you're probably going to ask about this anyway. This here right here is, I'll just, well, careful, we could take it down. This is uh, Frostmourne. And uh, this is a sword I always loved, you know, every time I saw it. And uh, when I visited my friend Robert Rodriguez, he surprised me with it um, for his bar mitzvah. And, I mean, you can see how sharp it is, so be careful. Um, over here, these here are, uh, uh, they should be on the floor. These are just some socks that a yogi I know gave me because, you know, he's always barefoot. He didn't need them, but they're good on my feet. I like them. This here you might recognize. It's a famous book called Macbeth written by Shakespeare. If you're familiar, you know, this is just a mass market paperback. Got this at the store down the street, but you could imagine what it would be like if I had the original thing. You know, some people say Shakespeare had a way with words, and I tend to agree. You know, in additional, <laughs> you know, in addition to being the original bard, Shakespeare was the first guy to ever think of putting a play into a book. Like, think about that idea. No one ever done it before. That's just crazy. It's like if you put a movie into a book, you know what I'm saying? And like that way, the guys who came to see him live, they could all read along in the book. So all these Shakespeare fans, they would be screaming out all the lines with him at all the shows. And it was like, it was a sight to behold. He was like the original rock star. He was the original rapper. He was basically the second Jesus. You know, the way people used to shout their favorite Bible lines at Jesus once he got real famous. I heard, I mean, I heard those shows were wild. 
I've heard lots of good things about those late period Jesus shows. A lot of guys say usually peak like in your 20s, but Jesus, he was doing some of his best work into his 30s easily, if you ask me. Anyway, moving on. Over here is my playroom. Tends to be just for me. Victoria doesn't come in here too often. It's where I keep where I keep all my blocks, my trucks, my guys. <laughs> Cyclops. Of course, Spider-Man. Silver Samurai. That's an obscure X-Man bad guy. Wall Street. Bruce Wayne. This is a rare one. Stock ticker accessory. Still in the original packaging. I couldn't bring myself to take this one out of here. Been in there since the 80s. This here is an original 1997 Goku that came with a machine gun. This here is a 2009 Tina Fey figurine that comes with an SNL script and a Colt AR-15 SP-1. They made these to promote 30 Rock, but they weren't selling them for long, so this is pretty rare. Um, follow me this way. This is the bedroom. It's a good room for sleeping on account of it has a bed in it. Over here, keep going. Right next to the bedroom, this is a shooting range. As you can see, there's a faux neoclassical painting of Teddy Roosevelt's son shooting a panda bear in the nuts. <laughs> Don't feel too bad for the panda, though. His son sold the screenplay for Kung Fu Panda. Doing very, very well right now. Very well. He's actually the one who sold me this painting, matter of fact. Uh, you'll notice we don't have any guns in here anymore. Because my wife, Victoria, she doesn't want guns in the house anymore. After Jack White came over one night, we were playing around, drinking a couple beers. Drinking, oh, sorry, did I say beers? I mean wines, actually. Wines are a little bit classier, if you ask me. Uh, we were playing around with a real blunderbuss that I got from the set of my movie, Battles of War. And uh, Jack White, he shot our statue of Marcus Aurelius square in the head. And the statue was declared dead on the spot, and that pretty much put a stop to that. So this is my Africa room. I I love my Africa room. You can see I have a huge decal uh, depicting just the continent of Africa. You know, when it comes to Africa, I feel like me and a lot of other actors, it's just, I just want to support them, support Africa, you know. I just, I wish them the best over there. And, you know, this is kind of my room to dedicate, you know, some of that energy to them. So, you know, thumbs up Africa. Um, my wife calls it the monk room because there is a little bit of a, you know, I guess I got a little bit of a, a geography mix up because uh, this is where I keep a lot of my Dalai Lama stuff. Um, just a general kind of mix up I had because I thought it was kind of, uh, you know, I, you know, then that whole region where it's like Africa and then it turns into, you know, a different continent. I always find that very confusing. So it was a little bit of a mix up, but, you know, that kind of it has settled into the room. So now, you know, Tibet is part of the Africa room. Um, and so this is actually an awesome gift I got um uh, from the Dalai Lama and Richard Gere. Um, this is my monk. Um, I keep him in a giant bird cage. I let him out for parties, for special events, you know. Uh, helps us lead our meditation sessions on Sundays. You know, I took him out a few times on the leash, but, uh, you know, it didn't seem to take a lot for some of the outdoor spaces. I think he's more used to mountainous regions. You know, if he has to go to the bathroom, I usually just 
let them out in the topiary thing. Um, the Dalai Lama actually had to talk me into taking him because, to, you know, to be honest, I just found the whole thing wild. You know, I found it wild. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama kept telling me it was okay. Go ahead. He's your monk. You can do whatever you want with them. He knows the score. You know, the monk didn't speak English, which I found a little, you know, confusing. I wasn't sure if I wanted him in a cage in my house. And, uh, you know, I think the Dalai Lama, he, uh, people don't realize about this about him. He's a really empathetic guy. I think he instantly picked on, picked up on what I was feeling. And, you know, he took a, uh, you know, what's it called? They always show it in movies, a cat and nine tails. And he started hitting the monk really hard, you know, in the back, ripping through, you know, the the robes, the, you know, classic robes, which I respect so much. Um, but, you know, he was hitting him so much that eventually, you know, I just became okay with it. So, uh, yeah, really happy to have the, the monk here. Um, you know, we like to make him wear a comedy mask and go around parties and then he'll do a lap. We make him wear the drama mask. He'll go around crying and whatnot. And we have fun. We have fun. The only thing is he's, he's a little difficult to cook for, you know, the vegetarian thing. So sometimes I just, you know, just kind of lie about it a little bit. It uh, doesn't feel uh, too bad for him. Um, what else do I got in this room? You know, this kind of, even though it is the Africa room and I respect them so much, some other stuff has spilled over onto it. Um, this is my Oscar, you know. Uh, really, really proud of this one. This is for voice acting work I did for Bayonetta. And, you know, it's wild. That whole thing I just found very wild. You know, diving into the character of Mr. Bayonetta and, you know, getting into his head really was a treat. So, you know, I got this, you know, trophy for it. But, uh, you know, the real reward I feel like is putting in the work. And, uh, you know, before we head out of here, um, this vase actually has a story behind it. Um, this is my ex-girlfriend's ashes. Um, she uh, wanted me to have these. Not sure if it was a spite thing, uh, but I don't know. I was kind of into it. I was really into having ashes. And, you know, I've been asking my friends and other people, you know, if I could have their ashes. And, you know, I have about six or seven people kind of a ready to agree with it you know when i die my ashes will be put in here as well not in the vase but in you know in another vase and i just want to have a bunch of ashes i always thought it'd be really interesting to carry a bunch of people's ashes with me so uh that's it for the africa room let's go get out of here all right well we're gonna uh, this is actually the room where we come to sleep in it's the bedroom and uh it's kind of a nice space where you can shut your eyes and go to bed in so it's just peaceful, you know, just to come in here. But I think we already saw this. Um, this is a TV. Uh, my wife hates it. She doesn't want to see it. She puts this big red velvet drape over it, but you can tell it's a TV under there still. Uh, but I like TV. You know, I I, I like, I watch uh, Cat Dog. Uh, <laughs> every day, as a matter of fact, I love that show. Um, over here, uh, across the hall from the bedroom, is another art room where we keep, uh, I keep some pictures and some sculptures. I like uh, this right here is interesting. This is a, actually a statue of Martin Lawrence's dog, Wasabi. And he was a Boston Terrier. And uh, I got this made for Martin when he had his son. Well, I had two made, but I wanted one for myself. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. Uh, this one right here, this is cool too. This is a glass bird. This was made by Mickey Rourke. 
Uh, he gave this to me when we were on the film uh, Roadway Blues. Uh, I think it looks like a monster kind of, but I, I kind of dig that kind of a kind of a creepy guy. Um, these right here are actual sheets of music, music sheets used by uh, Beethoven himself. And I read them sometimes when I want some good music to see. Um, over here, this is a, this is a model train set. Uh, this is actually a gift from Rod Stewart. He makes these and he just sits in his attic playing with them all day when he's not touring, you know. He even put a little Michael in there. I think that's I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of cute. Um, over here, uh, I have another. This is another homunculus that I got in Ireland, and I don't really know what it is. I'm not really sure if it's uh, a human, but uh, people ask me about this, and uh, you know, people bring up, you know, hey, hey, do you know that they have uh, Rasputin's penis in a jar? And I was like, I know, I've been trying to buy it for many, many years, but uh, they won't let me buy it yet. Um. Over here, though, we have. Uh, well, this is this is kind of interesting. This is a uh, this is an original painting by Shakespeare, and as you can tell, he wasn't as good of a painter as he was a writer. But I think it's it's kind of interesting that he that he took a shot at it. I think it's like a a man that's like a stick man, and I think this is supposed to be a dog right there. And uh, they're they're doing a play. I think those blobs there are uh, the people. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting. Over here, this is a this is a book I like a lot. This is The Great Gatsby, and uh, you know this building was built in the twenties, so I, I relate to this book a lot because I live in a, a building from the twenties, and it's just about a different time, you know. And uh, and um, the movie that the book is written about is really good too. So if you come this way, this is the Enlightenment Room where me and my wife, Victoria, like to reach a higher plane of spiritual being. You'll see, of course, this giant Buddha over here. Buddha can't say enough good things about this guy. He's like the Shakespeare <laughs> of being a Buddha of spirituality, you know? Like what Shakespeare does with the words on the page, Buddha does with like the soul on the soul plane, you know? <laughs> Not like that movie. Not the movie Soul Plane, but like the plane on which souls reside, you know? Um, so you may or may not know this about me and my wife, Victoria, but we practice Tibetan Buddhism. Uh, my wife said, I want to start doing this thing. And I said, okay. And, you know, I don't have much time to practice cause I'm always on the movie sets and, and things like that. But we like to come in here. Obviously you can see here, Victoria's Buddha bong. We have a bong shaped like DJ Khaled that oddly enough, Brian Cranston gave us as a gift. I'm pretty sure he regifted it from someone else. Because I don't know why he would have this fucking thing. But it's, it's honestly kind of beautiful, though. Diamond encrusted and everything. This is a bong shaped like Henry Matisse, a famous painter that I learned about. These are the only edibles designed by Jackson Pollock. And they basically just like look like normal edibles. You know, if you think about what his painting would look like, these little dots. I mean, there's edibles that look like that already, but it's really cool that he designed these. Uh, next to the Enlightenment room here, we have the study. This tends to be where I like to study. And my son Ulysses can often be found reading in here as well. Here's something really cool, actually. This is a folder from actually when I was in high school geometry back in the day. You can see that I pasted a bunch of pictures of Plato and Socrates from some old teen magazines on there. There's some gold leaf sprinkled all over. 
Uh, my son Ulysses, he's he's very smart and he is steeped in Western tradition, Western classics. Uh, you might have read it in the tabloids that he was accused of spray painting a swastika on a school, though. But it actually turned out to be a school for bad guys, and so it looked normal to them. You know, no harm, no foul. Moving along. You know, earlier I showed you the sunroom, but this is actually the room in the house that gets the most sunlight. It used to be a Louis Vuitton flagship store until me and Victoria refurbished it, reclaimed it, kept all the natural wood and everything from that Louis Vuitton store, though. Now it's known predominantly as the home of our little tabby cat, Marcus Aurelius. He mostly likes to just chill in the window, soaking up the sun, but he's kind of come to love this room for another reason. Because, you know, doing justice to its original purpose, this has become where my wife Victoria and I keep all of our designer suits, handbags, accessories... And little Marcus Aurelius here, he's taken a liking to that, and he's quite the connoisseur, really, for a cat. He's always sniffing around for like, is that real Louis? Is that real Balenciaga? Is that Ferragamo? You know, and uh, he's actually identified quite a number of fraudulent purchases for us over the years. He, he really has taken, he's got a nose for this stuff. Uh, I know this one's a little bit of a trek, but uh, this here is the third floor garage, complete with car elevator and car elevator bellhop who's on call 24-7. Um, I've got like, you know, I don't know, a classic Italian car or something in there. Anyway, moving on. Oh, oh, who's this? Oh, let me introduce you to someone here. This is my assistant, Tiffany. She was a docent at the Louvre, actually, when me and Victoria went there. And, you know, one look at her and my wife, Victoria, said, you're ours now. You know, you belong to us. And she does. And uh, you know what? My wife said, take that Mona Lisa, bring it with you, too. And we took that, too. So uh, nowadays, Tiffany mostly stands around uh, the paintings in our house and points at them whenever we have guests. Sometimes when Victoria has a late night on the set of the One Piece Netflix show, Tiffany will sit in a chair beside my bed and read me my favorite Shakespeare books until I shuffle off this mortal coil but only into sleep and like not death so like really just shuffling off of this being awake coil let me lead you here to the rumpus room uh a little bit out of fashion now you know with uh sommelier and invictus and ulysses all you know out of the house now um you know growing up you know, we had a lot of uh, fun in this room, you know, playing handball on our knees, wrestling. You know, we got the whole thing, you know, kind of mopped out and, you know, carpet and we have padded walls here. And, you know, we really used to, you know, you know, having boys, sometimes you really just have to kind of, you know, go at each other. And, you know, it would get a little rough in here, have a little carpet burns on our knees and elbows but it's but it's just fun you know you know we didn't realize that in fact invictus had a thyroid thing and uh you know it was hormones were all out of mat whack so you know he was going berserk sometimes two three hours a day so you know dr cardamom was just like you need to wrestle your son at least two hours a day and you know it you know it, it's uh, raising kids is always kind of a mystery but you know on the plus side i you know i got in the best shape of my life but uh we don't really use the rumpus room um as much anymore uh ended up putting some kind of you know 
tchotchkes and and trinkets in here uh, these i'm crazy about me uh these 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 are my candlesticks i'm just nuts about jumping over these things i mean we get the boys here and we'd light the candlestick and we'd be jumping over them taking turns you know getting higher and higher candles bigger and bigger flames and you know when we were done we'd all kind of collapse into the corner together laughing and you know we'd all put our thumb in a big blackberry pie and uh you know it's one of the memories that i'll kind of cherish so love these um these are my framed uh golden driving gloves from the movie critter quest uh, I played Diamond Critter, and uh, don't tell anyone I took these from the set. Uh, actually, as we wrapped up, I went up to the director, um, Roman Polanski, and I just said, you know, I got to take those gold driving gloves. And uh, then he said, uh, you know, he doesn't really care what I do, and he handed me a loose pill, loose Valium, I think. I think it was a Valium. Uh, I was younger then, so I took the Valium. But uh, yeah, it was a fun times. So that was a good flick, good guy. Um, this is a suit, uh, from my off Broadway play, meet the creatures. I played Mingy creature and we did this play for two years, I think from 2013 to 2015. And, uh, I don't remember a single thing from it. I don't remember anything about my character. I don't remember any of the lines. I don't even remember where we kind of did it. So you know, it's funny to me that it's just kind of a you know a blank slate in my mind. Um, but oh, this actually is really interesting right here. Um, this is my Victorian music box. You know, it plays a haunting tune. You know, like a like a haunting tune. It's actually from my childhood, but uh, you know, I find it quite morose and enchanting. Often, um, somebody will bump into it, and the tune will start playing, and I just listen to it mentally i just can't hear anything else it's uh it's uh even thinking about it i'm starting to tear up a little bit thinking about this music box so nobody go near it uh you know if you guys start the music box it plays for three minutes straight and i will be out of commission for those three minutes i will just be welling up looking at it so let's go ahead and avoid that uh lastly uh we hung up a bunch of art here um these are traditional Borvu paintings of the Borvu people of Norway, and they depict a bunch of savages uh, butchering dog meat. And I found that culture so crazy to think about. You know, the collection itself, I think we settled it, you know, 219, 219 million for it. I don't really want to, you know, get into it too much because it ended up being a whole thing because uh, turns out that the Borvu people are fake that there aren't any Borvu people. Um, I guess I could have Googled it or whatnot, but I, you know, I got so excited for the art and for the culture that I thought it existed that, you know, in the end, I think I actually do respect the culture enough so that I decided to keep it because in my head, hypothetically, you know, there is a potential for a culture um, to be named the Borvu that does this. So in my head, it's just as real as almost anything. Um, but yeah, that's the rumpus room. So over here we have um, the bathroom. Um, this is for mostly guests, but uh, Victoria doesn't like having toilets in the house. So we replaced it with, you can see the thinker sculpture. 
So it kind of looks like he's just sitting there. Um, this is the shower. You can see the curtains here are full cotton and gold. Um, my wife, she she doesn't like any liners because of the plastic. So, you know, you could tell it smells a lot like soap and human. Um, this painting on the wall here was, a, this is an original Monet. And uh, I guess he was so drunk on wine, he fell into the canvas. That's what this big hole is right here. So it's kind of unique. Um, this mirror here was owned and used by Napoleon. Um, he wanted it to be extra big to show how tall he was. Um, coming out over here, down in the hallway, this this grandfather clock was actually owned by Daniel Day-Lewis before he died. Um, and I guess it's the original clock from Hickory Dickory Dock, so that's kind of cool. And um, this rug, this rug below here was made from some of the hyenas and the Lion King. Um, and I actually got it from the Strokes when we were on vacation. So that was that was pretty fun. You know, we're walking through a hallway here. It doesn't look like much, but check out this picture. It's that picture of those two old Greece or Rome guys in robes pointing at stuff while they talk about like the Bible or philosophy or whatever. I thought it's maybe a little bit much of a cliche, but my twin sons, Vadim and David, they love it so much, you know. These guys, they tend to have similar tastes to each other because their names are like palindromes or acronyms or whatever. Or almost. They almost are anyway. Anyway, down here at the end of the hall, it's a marble bust of Nico Robin, sculpted by Anime Lover 88 on the r slash Western Tradition subreddit. One of the newest pieces in my collection, and my wife Victoria absolutely loves it. Take a turn here to the left. Can't believe we haven't gotten to this yet. The kitchen, right? Every Italian home, the kitchen. This is so important. You'll smell, you probably smelled this when you walked in the front door, honestly. This rotten plate of pasta here that looks like it's about 20 years old. I took this from the set of The Sopranos. First season finale. This is what James Gandolfini was eating. This is like straight up off his plate, still in the original plate. You know, don't tell anyone I took it. <laughs> Over here, check out the fridge. A dozen Fabergé eggs right here in this egg carton. As you can see, keep those in the fridge because... uh these aren't just normal Fabergé eggs. They're actually from real dodos, real eggs inside with these extravagant, beautiful designs on the outside designed by Giorgio Armani for Fabergé's fall 2021 collection. These things fetch about a hundred grand a piece. You know, my son Marcus Aurelius was in here. He was about to cook up two of them for breakfast. I was like, you got 200 G's to give me Marcus Aurelius? Um... Some people remark that my son, Marcus Aurelius, has the same name as my cat, Marcus Aurelius. But my son is older than my cat, so it's not weird. Because it's not like I named him after the cat or anything. I named him after like a famous guy. You know, over here you can see we got a stand mixer. That's a collab between KitchenAid and JaVinci. Um, we got a lot of white barn candles. Doesn't sound that impressive, but these things are like 24 bucks if you don't get them on sale. So, you know, you know, that's still kind of impressive. Uh, you guys want to come in here. Um, I actually designed this room here so it would feel like you were sitting down um, inside of a Range Rover. You know, you can kind of see here it has the leather seats, kind of tight space in here. And, you know, it's got cup holders. You know, it's got stick shift, heated blankets. Um, 
you know, I had to fight for the, uh, I was fighting for heated seats because my wife said, you know, we can get heated blankets. I said, there are no, you know, heated blankets in a Range Rover. See, she said it wasn't a Range Rover. And um, she said it was a room that was inspired by the idea of being in a Range Rover. And, uh, you know, maybe she's just a better arguer than me, but uh, she got the heated blankets. But, you know, maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll get some heated seats in the Range Rover room. But uh, also it has a working car horn. So sometimes I can come in here and just let it blast. But, uh, you know, I shouldn't do that because over here next door is my butler's room. You can kind of see this is decorated a little differently than the rest of the place. It's really Spartan, you know, kind of plain. It's his day off today, so I don't want to, you know, linger in here and bother him too much. Uh, say hi to Cred. That's Cred Stedford, and he's amazing. He's just, I don't know what I would do without him. Uh, what are you doing, Cred? It appears he is currently watching Minions on his tablet while laying on his belly with his feet crossed in the air. So that's cool. So enjoy your day off, Cred. Sorry to bother you. You can also see in this room there's a shelf uh, which with some cereal in here. And that's just because we, you know, ran out of room in the pantry because that's where we're keeping our Fabergé eggs. And, you know, a funny story about the Fabergé eggs. I didn't even know they were, you know, I didn't even know they were, I just thought they were beautiful. And then, uh, you know, cred shows me you can open them and there's even more stuff. And, you know, I, I consider it a steal since I paid, you know, a hundred thousand dollars for some of these eggs. And, you know, they have a second free sculpture inside. I was just, uh, aghast and uh, you can see there's another twin bed in the room um, I hire a Leonardo da Vinci impersonator sometimes uh, about once a month he'll come in and I have him wake me up in the middle of the night and uh, accuse me of not being inspired enough and uh, you know I'll remember it throughout the day uh, you know Leonardo da Vinci showing up you know at the foot of my bed and you know, saying all the stuff he accomplished and what have I done. And, you know, I just, I think it's wild, you know. So Da Vinci, you got to give it up to the guy, you know, when it comes to painting people that are doing weird poses, you know, he's the greatest. I just got to say it to him. He's the greatest. I bow to Da Vinci. So this right here is a, this is a pretty special collection. I, I got uh, actually in a resale shop and you can see it's, it's uh, 30 movies in one box. This is about seven DVDs in here. This is uh, all films from the 1930s through the 1950s and kind of obscure ones, but nothing like B movies, nothing like Hammer Horror or anything like that. These are all just, you know, legal dramas or, you know, a little bit of noir stuff, just kind of stuff I grew up watching on my grandparents' television and, uh, you could see the title is just too many crazy movies and they're all, you know, I mean, there's so many titles here. You could just watch them forever and it's really special to me. And I keep that in my box here next to my Calvin and Hobbes books because uh, Victoria doesn't want them on display. Um, and all of my stuff, she kind of just covers up with blankets and drapes and big paintings and frames. And uh, I think it's really cool what she's done. And um you know, I'll come in here and I'll 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 uncover like three of the TVs, just put on like three movies at once, and I'll uh, I'll just be sitting in here for hours, not a thought in my head, you know, um, and I'll do that for like days on end at times, and I think it's uh, 
kind of just a nice way to just clear your head. And it's almost like a meditation, um, which, you know, I practice as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, pick it up if you can ever find it. This is pretty rare stuff. Uh, I was told about it at dinner um, when I was young. I think I was 29. I was having dinner with Francis Ford Coppola, and he told me about this box set. So definitely pick that up. This suit, Dior Ohm suit, belonged to one of the key grips on The Sopranos. And I wish I could tell you that it had emotional meaning to me, some kind of value. But to be completely honest, when The Sopranos ended, I just pulled up in a Sprinter van and threw as much shit as I could in the back and just hauled ass with all this shit. And I've been selling this on eBay for like decades now. Old batteries from the cameras, old microphones, a New Jersey Devils hat from the episode where Tony played hockey against the Jersey Devil. And then it gave him the idea to kill a rival mob bad guy with a slap shot. Here's a guitar that Tony Soprano played in that episode when Tom York came to New Jersey and taught him how to shred. And, you know, I, th I think uh, Radiohead was promoting Hail to the Thief at the time. And there's that classic scene where Tony Soprano asked Tom York, like, am I the fucking thief? Like, am I the fucking thief in this fucking album? And he like chokes him and he fucks up his eye and all that shit. Um, that's not the only guitar I have, though. Actually, if you walk into this next room, the guitar room, I got like 25 guitars in here. Most of them come from lawyers and dentists that I'm friends with who also have 20 guitars that they don't play. Uh, one of them's left-handed, as you can see, because I don't really play this stuff. This one's really special to me. It's made out of uh, wood from an old New York building, actually, repurposed. Uh, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Never heard of it, but really interesting piece right here. This delay pedal, the Edge actually gave to me this is what he used to write where the streets have no name. No guitar. It was just this pedal. That was it. You know, he and I used to play in Lower Manhattan down this at this is bar my, called Chun uh, Lee's Home Doctor's We would do covers of YouTube, all kinds of stuff. And I was, uh, uh, this was about 2015. Uh, so my time was then, but the edge, the you know, he, he just really keeps bringing all it out of the And we were just having some jam sessions. Music isn't the only thing I do, though. Me and Victoria, we open our own Broadway theater. We keep doing making money or playing a tour. We produce new plays. Cool. Uh, and they the gave me this uh, kind of this ornate gold. And you can kind of see the eyes. The here. Godfather, I, uh, the play. I was given this you know, by Lenny Kravitz. 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 Kravitz.